Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mindful Manager Podcast. My name is Art Burns, and I'm here to share some uh, some great information about mindfulness and emotional intelligence and how these things can help us in every aspect of our lives. That's my my usual pitch to you in the beginning of each one of these podcasts. And uh, honestly, I don't think it'll ever change because uh, it's true. I really I really do love sharing this information with you, and I really do think that um, that this information and these practices that we talk about here are are really really important to every aspect of our lives. And so, um, you know, normally I have a, a, a very prepared um, sort of episode today, but, but today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off script a little bit, and I hope that's okay with everybody. Um, what I want to talk about mostly is, is habits and, and how important uh, habits can be or how helpful habits can be uh, in, in, our, in our lives and, and most specifically in the happiness of our lives, okay? Um, there's a, uh, uh, I think the guy's name is J.M. Alexander, who is the, uh, the person who came up with the Alexander uh, method, I think it's called, or Ag- Alexander technique. It's a, it's a movement-based um, technique uh, for, you know, for, for um, I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even know <laughs> the exact purpose of it. I, I'm not that familiar, but, but uh, he has a great quote about habits. Uh, you can look up Alexander technique and, uh, and, and see what, uh, what it's all about. But, uh, but his, his quote about habits is really, really profound. Found. He says that um, that we don't choose our our success. I believe he says he says what we do is we choose our habits, and our habits choose our success. Okay, and 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 what he means by that, or at least the way I take this, is that you know we are driven by habits. All right, as I've said here before, ninety five percent of the sixty to seventy thousand thoughts that we have every day are subconscious and automatic. Ninety five percent, right? Which which, you know, as we know, as we've talked about here before, you know, the, the thoughts that we have create the emotions that we have and the emotions that we have create the feelings that we have in our bodies. And those feelings are what motivate our actions in, in life. Right. So, you know, the, the most basic, uh, you know, form of that is is something like hunger or thirst. You know, like you, you know, you, you're, you're feeling, you know, uh, a little hot on a on a summer day and you see somebody drinking a, a, a cold glass glass of water or some other fluid and you think, wow, you know, that looks good, then you have this, this emotion of, of being, you know, uh, of in need, right? And then you realize that your throat is dry and then you, you motivate yourself to go get uh, something to drink, right? So that, that's how that happens, right? And obviously, it's a very, very simple example and, and probably is not, you know, 100% accurate to what everybody's going through every day, but that's the gist of it. Um, the, the, the fact is that, that these, these thoughts are completely or almost completely automatic. And so, so when we we can create habits okay which which habits are automatic as well right and so so the idea is that you know whether we know it or not we're we're operating from a habitual point as it is right no matter no matter who you are what you're doing in your life most of what you're doing every day is is driven by this habit right because again because everything that's going on in our brain or 95% of it is is automatic and subconscious you know habits are are the the automatic you know the 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 same thing in in action form as our thoughts right so so they're they're sort of the result of these automatic thoughts right and so so the more we can work on creating habits which produce, you know, positive thoughts and positive motivations or, or positive emotions and then positive motivations, you know, 
that is where our happiness lies, and that that is where the relief of our uh, of our our grief and our pain and our suffering lies. Okay, because you know, again, even though um, you know, th- you know, even though some of these habits might not be serving us, it doesn't stop us from engaging in them. Okay, and 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 because they're automatic. It's hard to even see that they're happening. And that's the very first habit that we talk about when we talk about mindfulness, okay? By, by practicing, okay, and that's the key word is practicing, you know, mindfulness exercises, right? Which is to, is to pay attention on purpose in the present moment non-judgmentally, okay? By, by practicing that, we allow ourselves to be more present with what's going on. And, and, and just by that act, we, we challenge that automatic behavior, that habitual you know, thought process and the habitual emotions and the habitual actions that come from those emotions, all right? And so, so that is why we do this work. And that's why I come on here every day and I talk to you about these things. So, um, and, you know, we talked a lot in the last few days about compassion and, you know, and, and how much, you know, compassion can be helpful to us. And, and especially, you know, as juxtaposed to empathy, right? Like, like to feel someone else's pain can lead to, to this empathic distress, right? Which can lead to burnout. You know, we talked the other day about how, you know, nurses, especially nurses who work in hospice care, right? Where there's, there's nothing they can do to help this person except to keep them comfortable, right? That that, that often leads to a, a burnout from, from what's known as empathic distress, right? Because you, you just keep feeling it and, and, and that is activating a certain part of your brain which is which is just making you, you know, basically tired from it, right? And it's and it's causing a, a stress and that stress is is you know just wearing down on you uh, or wearing down your own you know abilities to sort of you know be resilient, right? And so compassion, right? If we, if we get ourselves into the habit of, of allowing empathy to become compassion, right? Then, then other, um, you know, other networks and, and circuits in our brains are activated, which, which, you know, counter that burnout and counter that exhaustion from empathic distress. Okay, uh, you know, as it's as shown in a lot of um, uh, brain, you know, studies of, of brain scans with with people who are you know expert meditators like Matthew Richard. Um, as I talked about the other day, that it's shown that the that the circuits in the brain of someone who practices compassion as opposed to somebody who who uh, practices empathy, the, the circuits in the brain that light up in compassion are, are those of love. It's, it's the same feel, the same thing happening in your brain as when you hold a, a little baby, you know, or, or, you know, when you, when you protect someone who you love, right. And, 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 and that the same, you know, the same circuits are lighting up when you love in general. Right. And so, and so this is, you know, the way to relieve the empathic concern, right? Or the empathic distress, I should say. And, and so, and so this becomes, you know, if we can, if we can practice this enough, it it forms a habit. Okay. And, and this habit is what 
changes everything. <laughs> okay, folks. And I mean everything. Like, um, I've told you stories before about how, you know, I, I used to be a very, um, you know, prone to anger. You know, I was, I was very prone to anger. I've told many story, many times the story about a, uh, a young woman who worked for me in a cafe that I, I used to own. And, uh, and she, she named a, you know, on her like second day of work, she, she named a, a coffee drink after me called the angry art, you know, and, and that's how much, you know, my anger was like, you know, right in the, you know, it was, it was how I presented myself to the world. Okay. And, and again, that was habitual. Right. And, and, you know, and it always came to anger, right? It always, you know, no matter what would happen, it would, it would get to this point of anger because that's the habit that I had formed over the course of my entire life. And in fact, there's a lot of science that says that those, those habits form even before we're born, like the genetics that are passed down and the, the, you know, the, the genetic expression that's passed down from our, our parents and even from, you know, whatever our, our, our mothers were going through while we were in the womb, you know, and, and even our grandparents. Right. Because, it, it, you know, from from one womb to the other, you know, it, it has transferred. And so so even from the very first moment I was born, I was predisposed to certain habits. And, and, and for me, that meant a habit of, of anger and, and, you know, and sort of impatience and, and, and in immediately seeing things as, you know, like like you know, that, that people were doing things against me, right. As opposed to, as opposed to my relationship to what was happening. I, I hope that makes sense to you. Um, so, so what I've done over the last couple of years now is, is by practicing, you know, not only mindfulness or, or, or mindfulness in general, yes, but specifically focusing on the compassion exercises of mindfulness, because that's just something that has really resonated with me. And it's only recently that I'm learning how, how important and how powerful this has been as I learned things about Matthew Richard and the work that he's done with Tanya Singer and Richie Davidson and how, and how these, these, you know, these, the, the, the proof of the scientific proof in, in brain scans of seeing how compassion changes the, the very structure of the brain, right? And so, so having practiced these, these things, and again, the, the compassion, if you, you, I'm sure you remember that as we've talked about many times, mindfulness is essentially broken up into three principal types of practice. The first one is focused attention. The second one is open awareness. And the third is is not necessarily in that order, but the third is loving kindness or compassion, right? And um, and so by you know that that third one has always been the one that's really you know resonated with me. And and as soon as I learned that that there's a scientific basis, you know, a physiological scientific basis for for how this works, it has changed. You know, it has really motivated me to to practice that even more than than the other practices you know that I do. And so. You know, and as I shared with you in the um, in the uh, podcast yesterday for the Practice Wednesday, right? That that one. Um uh, meditation that I came up with. I actually, that was, that was inspired by, uh, by Richie Davidson, who's a scientist, not a Buddhist monk, by the way. Um, and, uh, and, and if you remember that in that practice, you know, I talk about how the very sense of, of cultivating this, this focused awareness and, and the, the ability that that has to calm our mind, that actually serves the compassion and the altruism because, because when I can cultivate that inside my own mind and I can calm my mind, then I bring that calm mind out into the world 
how fortunate it is for those people out in the world to experience me in this way, as opposed to the way that is prone to anger and predisposed to, to you know, stress and, and judgment and defensiveness and criticism and all these things, right? So, um, so again, getting back to, to the, the so, so to me, you know, mindfulness, even in the grand scheme, like even if you talk about mindfulness in general, compassion and altruism are really the, the big point of, of, you know, of mindfulness practice, right? A lot of times, and when I first got into mindfulness practice, you know, it was, I was allured and attracted by the, the idea of reducing my stress and, and of, of, you know, of calming myself, for, you know, from the standpoint of, of how it would feel to me and the benefit that I would get from it personally, right? Whether it's my health, which is beautiful, you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be more healthy, you know, but, but whether it was my, my health or just my sense of well-being or, or even even like I've talked about with you all, like, like developing, you know, mindfulness and, and emotional intelligence can actually result in a better income for us too, right? So, so even though that was the original attraction of all of this practice, you know, the, the real bottom line is that, that it's, it boils down to the fact that, that the compassion and the altruism that come from these things is really where the magic lies, okay? Because, um, because you know, again, there's, there's so much science talking about how we are connected to other people, right? Um, you know, from the limbic resonance that, that they, ha- they can measure this stuff, you know, with, with brain scans, they can measure how we are limbic, you know, we have a limbic limbic resonance to one another, right? Um, you know, if you remember the limbic, uh, the word limbic refers to the limbic area of the brain, which is the emotional center of our brain, right? It's the automatic, you know, you don't even know what's going on with that. You know, it's completely subconscious, completely automatic. And, and that's where 95% of these thoughts are, are dwelling. And, um, and, and so, so this limbic resonance is, is a real and measurable thing. So like, you know, my limbic area and your limbic area if we were standing face to face we're we're resonating with each other right and and when you you know when when you watch two people talking in a conversation in which they're very connected you know you'll see that their their gestures start to mirror each other right their their facial expressions start to mirror each other in fact that's you know the the old uh, the old you know saying that that couples after a long time of being together you know long marriage uh, together they start to resemble each other well that's the limbic resonance right because because they're constantly mirroring each other's you know facial expressions that they actually start to reshape their face to to resemble one another and that's that's how real this is okay and so knowing that that's how really connected we are to one another then compassion just is that's the fuel that's the very medium for which we can enhance these connections and and so and because we're wired to do this because our our limbic you know <laughs> our limbic regions are are connected to each other without our even knowing it by by practicing compassion we actually strengthen that and 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 we make our brains more powerful and more healthy and 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 the and the way that works is through integration now again this is very very you know <laughs> provable stuff or, or as provable as it can be with science because a lot of times in science they try to stay away from the word proof you know uh but but they 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 say that the evidence you know strongly suggests that um that that this integration that happens when we practice compassion actually makes our brains a, a better functioning 
uh, organ, right? So, so again, there's, there's so much evidence out there for how important this is, right? And so getting back to the, the, the concept of habits, right? The reason why we do this on, on, you know, and and there's, there's little exercises, right? That, that we've talked about now. Um, I'm in the, I'm just starting with my 33 day compassion challenge, uh, that I've talked about here for a while. Um, I'm not going to bother you too much about it because we started it. Um, later on, I'll, I'll maybe put a, a testimonial or something out here. So maybe you'll want to join the next time I do it. But, but the point is that, that, you know, there's, there's a lot of little practices that I'm going to give people in this, this challenge that are, that are meant to, again, you know, instill this automatic behavior as a habit, right? So, and, and the one that I've mentioned to you all is the, is the informal loving kindness, right? If you can set a, a timer on your phone to go off every hour and every time that timer goes off, you simply stop what you're doing for 10 seconds and look around you or, or, you know, if you're alone, just bring to mind people's images and, and spend just 10 seconds every hour just wishing people well, okay? Just doing that over the course of a few weeks will change the the way that your brain automatically responds to every experience that you have, all right? And that's the idea because oftentimes we forget, right? Like, that, you know, it's one thing for me to, to tell you all this stuff. You could even read some of the books that I've suggested. You can, you know, you can think about this all you want, right? But but when somebody cuts you off on the road, you don't remember this stuff, right? And 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 that's when, you know, you, you blare your horn or you throw the middle finger and, and later on you feel like, oh gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. That really was wasn't nice to do, you know, but, but, you know, but again, it's, it's, a, it becomes an automatic behavior. And, and by that point it's too late, right? Like you can't unring the bell. And a lot of times these things can become actually dangerous. You know, I mean, you give the, the finger to the wrong person and who knows what could happen, you know? Um, and so that's the story that I wanted to tell you too, that, um, you know, I, I think I've shared this story here before, but, but, uh, you know, a couple of times out here in Denver, uh, where I live, you know, I ride my bike everywhere in Denver, you know, and, and I used to be a bicycle messenger in New York City. So I am not afraid of riding out in traffic. I know how to do it. I know when I'm in people's way, when I'm not in people's way, and I know how to handle myself, you know, in traffic. Um, and so, you know, so I was riding one day and, uh, and I was in a position where, you know, the, the person behind me had plenty of room to get around me. There was no, you know, I was not in the wrong or anything like that. Not that it matters, but, but I'm just giving you a background of, of the situation. But I'm riding along in a city street where there's lots of cars and stuff. But again, I was in a place where I was not holding things up. (laughs) And uh, it might be a little too hard to describe it exactly. Um, But but suffice to say that I was not, you know, in somebody's way. However, despite that, uh, somebody came up behind me. And and again, when you're riding a bicycle, you're in a very vulnerable position. You know, I mean, I have my helmet on, but that doesn't prevent me from breaking multiple bones if I get hit by a car and stuff like that. So, So it's always a very, you know, tenuous thing uh, when something like this happens. But, but this guy came right up behind me, like a few feet behind me. And, uh, and he just started blaring on his horn. You know, I'm not talking about just a, a little, you know, get out of my way, toot toot kind of thing. I'm talking about like, like, you know, laying on it for like three seconds at a time, you know, and just, and right behind me, it was so scary. And, and normally, you know, back when Angry Art was slinging coffee drinks for a living, 
you know, uh, normally I would have totally swung around and, and just flipped the bird or, or, you know, or done some other, you know, you know, act of, of, of aggression and, and hostility to this person. But, but aggression is not even the word because I would have seen it as a defensive, you know, uh, defensive reaction to whatever was happening. Right. And I would have justified that for myself. Right. But, but the point is that, that my automatic reaction would have been to, to engage in this hostility that this person was showing to me. Right. And instead, and, and again, this happened completely automatically. Like I didn't stop to think about it. I didn't tell myself, Oh, Art, be careful. You're going to do something here. It was nothing like that. It was literally automatically then I, I just said to myself, first of all, I never even turned around. I just kept riding. I just was like, just ignore the guy. You know, it, it's not, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm safe. I just keep going forward. And, and the automatic thought that came into my mind was how hurt this person must be to be doing this to me. Because I know that I'm not in his way. I know that, or, or her way, it turned out to be a guy. I looked over my shoulder after he turned from behind me and I could tell that it was a guy. Um, but that doesn't matter, you know, and I didn't know at the time. Uh, but but the, I think maybe I assumed that it was a guy. Um, and so, so, so the, the first thought that came to my mind, the habitual automatic thought that came to my mind was this person must be in such pain that, 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 they feel that that honking their horn at me in this way and scaring me and somehow you know showing this this ultra aggression towards me is somehow going to help them right and and how much pain they must be in to feel that way right that was the very first thought that came to my mind with that and it's not even a thought at that point it's it's an automatic you know thing that happens right like you can't even call it a thought because a lot of times thoughts you know we, we consider thoughts as like sort of um you know self-generated things it wasn't like that you know it wasn't like i had to you know generate this feeling or this this the, you know this idea you know it literally was just the first reaction that i had okay and that's after just you know i mean at the time I'd only been practicing regularly for a few years at that point, you know, so, and, and I'm 50 years old now. So, I mean, this is, you know, you can undo 50 years or, or at the time, 46 years, 47 years or whatever of, of habit forming in one way. You can undo that in a matter of, of months, right? You, you literally can. And, and that's why I want to tell you folks today that, that this, this practice is just so vital, okay? And, and, and it really doesn't take a lot of effort either. Like, again, 10 seconds out of every hour is all that it requires, right? And, and a few weeks or a couple of months down the road, you will have already created an automatic you know, process with inside your mind that, that, will, that will meet every experience that you have in a fundamentally changed way, okay? And, and folks, when I tell you that this is beautiful, it is like the understatement of the millennia, right? It is, it is beyond beautiful. It is so wonderful. And, and, and beyond that, you know, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's hard to describe how wonderful this can be. And, um, 
And so, so yeah, so I just wanted to, and, and I know this has been a little bit rambling compared to my usual format here, and I hope you don't mind. I guess I'm just trying something different today. Um, you know, <laughs> um, honestly, I just, I just got some news about a friend of mine who passed away, and, and I'm a little bit off today. Um, so, so I didn't want to skip the podcast, so I just wanted to come up here and, and, and talk about this. And, and so the, the habit of forming presence, right, can feed this habit of, of loving kindness as well, okay? Because the first thing that you need to do if you want to feel compassion towards somebody, the first thing you need to do is pay attention, okay? And so, so if we can get into the habit also of, of, you know, of developing this you know, focused attention and this open awareness, you know, these things feed into this ability to be compassionate and to, and to tap into that compassion and to, you know, and to really, you know, be in a position to express it without the need for, for memory, without the need for, for logic, without the need for any kind of plan or anything like that. It just literally shifts the way that we experience every single thing that we experience. All right. So, so all this is to say, people, please, please do these practices. Really. I mean, it's, you know, you know, you could, there, there's many different philosophies about this stuff and there's, you know, these days there's, yeah, I guess there's a book that just came out called Mick Mindfulness, which is kind of talking about, you know, maybe some of the negative sides of what we're doing, which I, I, I don't really get that, but, uh, but I, I understand that people might have that opinion and that's cool, you know, but, but what I'm talking about transcends all of that. Okay. It's really just about how you experience the world around you. All right. So, so don't think of it in terms of a goal. Don't think of it in terms of a, uh, of what it's going to do for you. Just think of it in terms of, of how it's going to reprogram you to experience life in a way that is that is less judgmental, less critical, and less painful. And 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 as a result, it's happier. And it's more enjoyable. And it's more, you know, it's just it's just more of all the good stuff and, and less of all the bad stuff. All right. So so anyway. Thank you for indulging me in this rambling podcast today. Um, I'll be back again tomorrow, maybe with a little bit more thought out <laughs> format. Unless you like this. If you, if you like this, go ahead and send me an email, okay? Art at artburnscoaching.com. And let me know if you prefer this over the, uh, over the other. And uh, the other thing I want to mention is that I'm working on getting maybe a couple of interviews set up uh, with this podcast to make it more of like a, you know, more traditional type of podcast where it's, you know, me talking to somebody about some of this stuff. So, uh, so to that point, Point. If there's anybody out there listening who feels like they might want to be on the, the podcast or if they know someone who, who you think might add some value to this, please, please, please send me an email. Okay. Hit me up with it. All right. Um, and other than that, I just want you all to know that I wish you well. And uh, I hope whatever it is that you're experiencing today, you're experiencing from a place of, of kindness and love and, and compassion and presence. All right. So thank you very much again. And I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Bye bye.